0: Hi, everyone. This is Steve Bowes. This week on a very special HR Happy Hour show, Trish and I are joined by our HR Happy Hour Podcast Network friends, George LaRock and Madeline Lurano. On the show, George and Madeline share what they're planning for their podcast this year on the Happy Hour Network. Plus, they give us an update on their areas of expertise, HR, HR tech, startups, research, talent acquisition, and plenty more. It's a really fun and lively conversation with two of our very best friends and great voices in the HR industry. And this episode of the HR Happy Hour is also made possible by Work Human. The world is watching the leaders of today and tomorrow, and modern employees want a workplace where they're respected, seen, appreciated, and heard, and they're demanding it. Employees have the right to a human workplace, and you have the power to create one. And thriving organizations like Cisco, Merck, and LinkedIn have realized the immense benefits of putting the human at the center of work. Get your copy of the book, Making Work Human, on Amazon and discover how. And of course, we're also sponsored by our friends at Paychex, one of the leading providers of HR, payroll, retirement, and insurance solutions for businesses of all sizes. The fourth annual 2020 Paychex Pulse of HR survey provides an in-depth look at how HR professionals are contributing to the success of their companies they serve, with nearly 9 in 10 saying that they have a voice in overall company strategy. Go to paychex.com slash pulse2020 today to download your copy of the 2020 Paychex Pulse of HR Survey report. So thanks to Workhuman and Paychex and thanks to George and Madeline for spending some time with us and let's get on with the Happy Hour show. Welcome to the HR Happy Hour show. My name is Steve Bodes. I am joined by an all-star lineup from the HR Happy Hour Podcast Network. Of course Trish McFarlane is here. Hi Trish.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: I'm well. We have Madeline Lurano. Madeline, how are you?
1: I'm
2: doing well.
0: And of course, making a triumphant return to the HR happy hour show. It's been a little while. George Rock. George, good to see
3: you. It's, it's good to see you all and hear you all. Hello. All
0: right. We are here to talk a little bit about the podcast network, George and Madeline's podcast as well, what they're seeing in the market, in the industry, in their areas of expertise for 2021. But first, you ever watch Big Brother, Trish, when, when they say, but first, Always. they have to put the hashtag up there, hashtag, but first, we, we should maybe have that, but first. But first, Trish, the question of the day, which I'm going to pitch to George first by popular demand. Here's the Good. question of the day. The Baseball Hall of Fame this week, Trish, announced, and George and Madeline, announced no one, no player gained enough votes to be admitted to the Hall of Fame this year. If you were going to be enshrined in a Hall of Fame, a real one or a made-up one, what Hall of Fame would you be a member of? George Laroque, you're up first.
3: I appreciate this question because, you know, I don't, I don't like these questions. I don't, I'm not a big fan of the not knowing what the question You're is. You're filibustering question. right off yeah. the top. No, no, no. <laughs> no, so I, no, because I can, I can immediately answer this. I would be in the procrastination hall of fame. You know, for some reason, be, they can't get that together and actually build that one. I, I don't know why. <laughs> very good. Very good. I would be like when you walk in, I'd have the, the statue like right up front greeting you. Um, and, and it would be a huge plaque with all my long lists of procrastinations. Nice.
0: I like it. I, I'd probably be up for that one, too. Madeline, what Hall of Fame um, are you a member of or, or should you be a member of?
2: I probably could join George, and, and <laughs> I'd definitely be a contender. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, I maybe the watch bad, you know, has watched every bad TV show Hall of Fame. Oh, that's a good one.
0: <laughs> that's a good
2: one. I like I that. All right, bad all TV. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> all right, Trish, you've had now a couple of minutes to think about it. Usually, you don't. So, what what's your Hall of Fame? Your well, claim to first Hall of fame?
1: all, I want to find out what constitutes bad tv because i might (laughs) i might be a contender for both procrastination and bad tv is that like bad reality tv okay uh so i the first thing that popped in my mind was wine drinking so (laughs) (laughs) i'm in the wine drinkers hall of fame because i really love it the red wine drinking hall of fame that's nice
0: i love it good stuff
1: how about you i
0: yeah they're all good choices uh How about like the
1: the uses too many sports analogies, Hall of Fame?
0: That could be, could be, I would say bad Jerry Seinfeld impressions. I've done lots of them, maybe too many of them. I did one (laughs) today on a call. He did one today
1: in a meeting. Yes. Just that, where does that come from? Who
0: are the people who do this? I don't understand. You know, and they're not even that funny. They don't even sound like him. And he doesn't really even do that comedy anymore. If you like watch his new stuff, I don't understand. Okay, so that's it. All right. (laughs) good stuff For the barbecue. Hey, you could
2: be on barbecue
0: I, I was gonna say barbecue I'm probably not good at it enough but I'm getting better at it and moving down to North Carolina to be honest with you the combination of the pandemic and being in a warmer climate has really upped my game because I can get outside and barbecue pretty much year-round and I'm home year-round too so I'm cooking a lot more so my Great skills power. are improving absolutely yeah mm-hmm. Hey, good stuff. Hey, let's talk a little bit about the network. For folks who, uh, who are just jumping back in with us on the HR Happy Hour show or, or maybe just uh, haven't listened to some of the other shows on the network, Madeline Lerner and George LaRock have been with us for a couple of years now recording shows in the network. George does HR Market Watch, which kind of focuses on the technology, a lot of the startup scene, what's happening in HR tech. Madeline talks about her research and and trends and themes that are happening in the the sort of the broader word of tech and HR and talent acquisition. So George, I'll throw it off to you. Like, what do you see kind of happening for you this year? What are some of the things you might be looking at on HR Market Watch and maybe some bigger picture kind of what's your take on kind of the startup landscape in HR tech?
3: Well, um, I I'm excited for this year in HR Market Watch. I was picking out a new theme. Is it a theme? Theme music. New mm. theme music nice. just yesterday. So that'll be a surprise. You will have to listen in and see what that is. It's a new new thing. Uh, I am. I'm. Ex- it's a really interesting time in the whole startup and emerging vendor space because two things are three things are happening. One. Uh, all of the investments last year were going into like communications, collaboration, learning, wellness. That's all; those are g- good things. I like those categories, but it was all driven by uh, by the pandemic, and not all of the vendors outside of their messaging are really all that really focused on supporting, uh, you know, this new distributed and remote work. There's nothing really special about their product. You know, I'd say more than half of them. So I'm really curious to see how that, that pans out. Um, I'm curious to see uh, if as we're, there's light at the end of the tunnel now, how this all emerges. So I'll be talking a lot about that. Second thing that's happening is, um, you know, Companies have found a new way to exit. So, uh, a loft, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, not a loft. Um, uh, j- just happened in our space. It's a SPAC, uh, S P A C, where a company is, uh, a publicly held holding company acquires the, uh, the, the, the private, you know, private company or startup. Uh, And we're going to see that uh, we're going to see more and more of that in our space. And then by doing that, you go public, you become public because the acquiring company is public and we're going to see more of that. So I'm curious to see, we're going to see more private equity and more consolidations. Greenhouse just had a $500 million growth capital deal that looked like a, uh, it was in, it was in like a buyout leverage, buyout clothing from a, a private equity and growth fund. Um, so things like that are happening. And then in general, um, I'm just, you know, there's just a never ending. It amazes me. Like when I look at the investments, like what pandemic, like what, what pandemic, there's a rapid, rapid pace. Um, and I'm, I'm looking, I'm expecting to see more innovative talent acquisition oriented investments this year Mm -hmm. as we come out of this. Yeah, that's, that's everything.
0: George, that's awesome. Thank you. And, and that kind of dovetails nicely into kind of a similar question we'll ask Madeline about what what she'll be working on, both from the research perspective this year, as well as uh, some of the podcasting, as well as what she's seeing in the space. Madeline, you do a lot of work in the talent acquisition space. That to me, George, when you said, you know, the greenhouse deal, I saw that. It's a huge number. I'm like, yeah, what pandemic, right? This is hiring software, essentially, right? And
3: who's hiring anybody? So, so Madeline- and I, I yeah. said a loft. That's a hotel. It's a light is the- uh, <laughs> Is the the company in our space that was was acquired? I do love Aloft; it's a great little hotel. But that, sorry, greenhouse had an alert. event
2: <laughs> didn't didn't greenhouse have an event in Boston at the Aloft hotel? I think so. Oh, I think you're right.
1: <laughs> hey, we're we're talking a lot about greenhouse today. I sorry. think I should probably mention that we were all this is probably four years ago at least. We were all at a greenhouse event went to dinner and that's where this whole idea of having the entire network came to be. So I think we have to probably shout out to greenhouse for that as well. So, <laughs> that's
3: right. okay. Yeah. There's a great selfie of us all from that night. We were at a German
2: yes. uh, oh, restaurant. That's right. yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. That's right. Awesome. Yeah. It's been quite a year. You know, I think the same, I have the same feeling like we didn't really know what was going to happen last year with, TA Tech and where you know a lot of these companies were going, but there has been a lot of investment. Companies are still hiring. There is a lot going on in the hourly space more than before. So a lot of the conversational AI providers are kind of going after the hourly market and saying we can provide a better candidate experience. There's a lot being done um, with AI and more ethical AI solutions that are looking at how do we provide a better experience for individuals with disabilities um, and thinking about neurodiversity. So there's a lot you know, a lot happening in GA in general, a lot with matching and how do we use um, AI to, to do a better job matching on the candidate and employer side. Um, and then there's a lot with employee experience too. So you know, we, we we're seeing a lot of research and there's big news today, right? Workday acquired PECON, um, which is an employee engagement survey solution and that, and for 700 million, that market is huge. You know, you've got these providers that make so much money selling surveys and more than surveys. They're selling insights into the employee experience. And, you know, I, I definitely think we're going to see more there. Companies are making tons of investment, but it's it's what are you investing in? It's not just surveys. It's, it's the action beyond the survey. And then are we looking at performance? Are we looking at onboarding? Um, so those are the two big areas, talent acquisition, employee experience.
0: I've seen a lot of that too, right? That's uh, we're, I'm I'm doing another round of demos as we speak. And actually, Madeline and George has helped, helped me. Bo- uh, both of you have helped me find some companies to demo for a startup session we're doing at HR Tech Spring, the virtual event. And even in that relatively small sample size, I'm seeing a lot of through lines, right? Like uh, maybe Trish, some of the demos we've done outside of that process, we've seen some through lines in, in, in some of the things George and Madeline talked about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's interesting too, that we're finally seeing people really think about like when, when she mentioned um, sort of the ethical AI, right? So it's been around a couple of years now to where it's, it's being built into these solutions, large and small. And it it feels like now it's finally truly trying to practically take out all those biases. But, you know, I was, I was just on social media today watching and there seems like every day there's a discussion about this and still, you know, even if you have the right tools that are sort of filtering that out um, how do you address still our own prejudices as we, as we hire? So yeah, I'll be interested to see Madeline specifically on who you, know, who you bring on the show. I know you talk to a lot of CHROs, a lot of CEOs, and I think that'll be exciting to see what develops over the year with that.
0: Madeline also like uh, steps out of her lane a little bit too, which is great. Like, and I remember last year at the, at the beginning of the pandemic, Madeline scores this really, really great interview with like an epidemiologist. I, I don't remember exact oh, yeah. title Madeline that from Austin cool. University
2: yeah. back yeah. in
0: March, right? That was a March show right at the beginning yeah. of this. I, and when no one knew what was going on, including us. Well, there's-
2: yeah, there's another one coming up, and I'm trying to secure the date, but it's a huge name. You know, everybody, if you're on Twitter, you definitely know who this person is. Oh, um, regardless of your in HR tech, Steve, I pinged mm-hmm. you about this this summer, but we've been kind of going back and forth, and um, I'm hoping to get this. But um, nice. I hope a-
0: it's, yeah, no, I'm excited for that. I hope it's Shaquille O'Neal. Well, I don't know if it's going to be him. It's do-
1: yeah, it's a doctor, so it's, it's, it's Shaquille. It's Shaquille, Dr. Shaquille oh. O'Neal. <laughs> No, you know, what? I think that's one of the the fun things for me anyway, over the years of doing the happy hour show, and maybe for you guys doing your shows as well on the network, it's being able to have a major focus area, but then having the freedom, like you can just go off and do a show about what you like, you can do or what's interesting to you at the moment. But what I think is, is always interesting is we somehow relate it back to work, the workplace, what people are doing. Um, what they're experiencing. And, and to me, that's what kind of builds that connection too for a listener is that we're all kind of dealing with the same things, um, but we don't always look in the same places for advice or uh, education. So I always learn something when I listen to George, I always learn something when I listen to Madeline, um, Steve, you too, a little bit, I have to tell you.
0: Good. Well, you know, you're the one man. I know. <laughs>
1: no to be fair honestly usually the hr happy hour and alexa show which is just a little two or three minute show which is a little more commentary because it's typically just steve um i think you're you're very good about bringing in you know sort of the facts and figures on the job market and things like that so it's you know it's good actually for us uh as consumers as well like we don't want to just put content out in the world that isn't valuable we we seek to almost serve our own interests first. Yeah. And hopefully if it's interesting to us, it's interesting to others. Well, the, yeah. And that
0: Alexa show that you mentioned, it kind of has replaced for me kind of blogging, which mm-hmm. I used to do pretty much daily, like for a long sure. time. And so I don't do the Alexa show every day, but it's the funny thing was you mentioned it. I know I recorded one this morning, right? And I was gonna, I was about to say, oh, I recorded one this morning about, and I couldn't remember. And so I have to pull it up to see what it was about. Oh, let's talk about this for a second. This is really actually really cool. So have you guys heard of the study that came out about 10 years ago and it suggested or found, I guess, according to the their research findings, that happiness, a person's general level of happiness plateaued at an income level at the time in 20, 000, yes. 2010 at $75,000. Everybody's shaking their head on the Zoom call. Yeah. So we've yeah. all heard of this story. It's been cited for a decade, right? As being kind of true, right? And, and there, nothing has ever come out really suggesting otherwise. Well, something just came out that suggested otherwise. It suggested that happiness actually in, continued to increase up to eighty an income level of $85,000. And you had to be at that level to be um, more than average of, on the happiness scale, right? According to their data. And it continued to go up the higher the incomes went up as well in the study. So it's kind of the first major study that's come out to actually challenge the idea that happiness plateaus at a certain figure mm-hmm. and doesn't keep rising. Now, I think it probably does plateau at a certain figure, but I think that figure is probably a lot higher than uh, we thought it was back in the day. Anyway, that was what the Alexa show was about today. I I, I, ta- I summarized it in 30 seconds here. I did two and a half minutes on it this morning.
2: So interesting. It's interesting too, Steve, in light of like what's happening with minimum wage too, right? So thinking like, you know, does minimum wage go up to $15 an hour and yeah. then Impact you know the opportunity for people. To yeah, and
0: I'm glad, and that's right, Trish, That's the kind of stuff I do on the Alexa show a lot. I love the labor market data. I love some of the policy stuff. I love like the research stuff. That all has kind of uh you know I, I've done quite a few lately on you know COVID related stuff in terms of uh should you require employees to be vaccinated right before to come coming back to the office? What is what does the EOC say? What's OSHA say? I've done a couple. I've done a couple on. Um, what are some of the changes we're likely to see in work and workplaces as a result of the new administration, which are a number of them, right? There, there's no doubt. Right. So uh, yeah, that's fun stuff on the Alexa show.
3: Yeah. You're good with the numbers. Um, the job market stuff. I, I always, I always, when I see that one, I always get into that one for sure. Uh, I don't put that one off, but the happiness thing is, is interesting because so much of it ha- probably has to do with, you know, your circumstance as well. You know um, I think, it's, you know, where you live, uh, you know, I, I don't, uh, I, I don't equate happiness with money. Uh, but that's prob that's probably the most privileged thing you'll hear me say today. <laughs> uh, so I also, you know, I'm not struggling. And so I, 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 but I think, you know, I live in a place that's more expensive than um, other places I, I could choose to live. Um, so, you know, a lot of that, uh, it, it, it's really interesting to me. There was that happiness index out of Europe um, and uh, they they looked at, they had the happiness quotient for all the countries in the world. I can't remember who was happiest, but it wasn't one of the major Western leaders. I know it, was it was Denmark. It was Denmark. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I think, yeah. So. So, yeah, yeah, that, I think there's something
1: me. to that. I wonder too, would the results be different after we get sort of past the pandemic times where we're, majority are at home. Because again, I think a lot of what, if you would have asked me a year ago, it wasn't necessarily money driven, but activity driven. So what made me happy would have been going places, traveling, being out doing things with my kids. And so while that can happen a tiny bit now in bits and bytes, it's sort of, I don't know, my happiness has changed, I think a little bit. It's maybe more about staying in and cooking with my kids or playing board games, which you know, they're 17. Now my twins are. And so we, we had kind of stopped doing things like that together or last night, you know, now we work out together. So, you know um, I wonder, does that shift where where happiness, it ties more directly to money if we're finding it at home or are we all just going to be ready to get out of the house, right. Yes. And get back, get back to normal
2: or health too. Like what's our, you know, mm-hmm. I think
1: health plays a big part in happiness too, especially this year.
2: Yeah. Oh, I and,
1: agree. You know, yeah. bigger
0: picture, George. I don't know if you're seeing this yet. Like, in, in as you analyze um, and sort of keep track of investments and startups and things like that. But I know health and wellness and well being has been an issue in our space for quite a while. I gotta believe it's gonna get ratcheted up a little bit just because we've heard now for a year of you know pre-existing conditions, pre-existing conditions, and all that, right? And, and people being much more vulnerable to getting really, really sick or sadly even dying, right, because of, of that and what's the role, what's the right role, the ethical role, what's the responsibility even of, a, of the employer, right, in, in some of those areas. It's been debated for a long time, but I, I got to believe it's going to be on the front burner all year long.
3: Yeah, I, I've run into a couple of startups in the mental well-being space, and uh, I, I, they're, they're experiencing – what used to be an uphill climb with you know the CEO uh, you know appreciating the value but not necessarily seeing it from a business perspective mm-hmm. uh, now it's on their list and so they're actually you know it's a silver lining in this they're seeing traction and uh, an uptake on on in the market so they're do they're doing better they're doing well I think um, I, I'm really curious overall. You know, every time we have a financial uh, crisis, it all it's and this is very different. There's a pandemic. People are dying. Um, It's not just a financial crisis, but it's the overall crisis. Um, But when the pendulum swings, it's always like, it'll never be the same, you know, after the bubble burst, never be the same. Tech companies will never be the same. Housing crash, never be the same. Housing values will never do that. Now with this, it's like work will never be the same, you know, and will the pendulum come all the way back? Or will, will HR leaders be able to plan and create policies and programs that won't allow it to come back? Like, can they, can they keep the best of the silver linings with hybrid work and allow for people to come back? I'm, I'm so curious where we are five years from now, like how we look back on, on this. Um, I'm a little pessimistic. So I tend, I'm jaded. So I'm like, "Ah, I don't know. I think, but I think the pendulum might come right back to the middle. And the only, the, the strongest opinions will be able to, the people who are willing to stand up and say, I'm not commuting. will will still be working from home.
1: Little mm-hmm. bit more optimistic um, <laughs> on that specific slice of it, George. I think, you know, I think because I've worked in places years ago in the, in the 90s where um, we were allowed to work from home, even though it might have been more difficult back then. And so it's, I, I hope, I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't go all the way back, at least on that particular aspect. I wonder too, because I think that with a lot of these changes, when you just were both talking about what you plan to cover this year, I mean, to some degree, you know, when we talk about employee experience, or we talk about working remote, or, um, you know, just how employees are engaged, these have been problems for more than 20 years, I went all the way back, for example, um, just on on the topic of wellness and well being, Steve started talking about that on the happy hour show back in 2009. Um, So but, you know, before any of us were even on with him and, and not much has really changed. I mean, a little bit, right. So I wonder too, I think George, you're partially, right? I think a lot of it is easier to go to the way it was because that's what we've all grown up with. So I would say if you are in a leadership role, I would challenge you to try not to try to at least keep some of those silver lining things in place because, um, it, it takes so long to get some of these things to change. You know, I'm glad we have tools that'll Give you feedback more quickly and give you recommendations, for example, of how to maybe address those. But I still, what I'm still hearing is that that no change ever happens from many of those um, solutions. So people haven't changed. That's the problem.
3: I'm just protecting myself from disappointment. I (laughs) I I think a lot of people will do really well with implementing those things, but. Yeah. I just, I just, oh. I'm just, I'm just, you know, putting up a little wall of pessimism just so that I, yeah. I, you know,
1: you know, but do you think, okay. So that's an interesting point. Do you think that buyers are doing the same thing? Probably. Right. Like it, it's hard to step out and, and suggest new things or try new things. And, and that fear of failing, or if you just say, well, I, I don't think this is going to last anyway. You know, I mean, that's part of it too. We, I, and I know it's tough as a buyer, right? You you go to buy some some big technology and you're spending a million dollars, you don't want to lose your job over it, right? So you want to make sure that it's actually going to make um, a financial impact in a positive way on whatever yeah, it is you're it's, trying to it's, yeah, achieve. That's a yeah. really
0: interesting point, Trish. And it just made me think of something we heard. I mean, and it could be on you know just a selection of the people we're talking to and we're working with, even some of the partners we have here on the network. I've been surprised by the number of folks in the provider community who've told us, Either officially or unofficially, like they had a really good year in 2020. Oh, like so like, many,
2: so many, so many.
0: And that's counterintuitive to everything I would think of because I always thought, and I'm glad I my eyes have opened up a little bit, yeah. George. It, you said about the, the data. I always kind of thought one thing only only one thing really mattered to our space, which was how many people are working. That was yeah. the only thing that mattered. And it, okay, once that, you know, oh, it's 150 million, it's 155 million, now it's 160 million, wow. Like that's the only number that mattered. And then all of a sudden in April, about 20 million people, 22 million people or something like that, went immediately they're not working. So to me, that would be, okay, that, that'll devastate the entire industry to some degree. And, and it did certainly impact a lot of providers in a really, really bad way, but it's not at all as bad as I thought it would be. At least that's what I'm seeing or have been told anyway.
3: Yeah. I'm seeing the same. I think we're all seeing that. Like it's, it's. I, I think the difference here is it impact. It impacted everybody I, in in some way, whether you were, you know, a grocery store and suddenly you were overwhelmed, or whether you were overwhelmed because you didn't have customers anymore. Uh, all at once, all at once. So usually it's kind of slow moving, and it's it. It creates, a, it's a different kind of response, whereas companies, some companies were telling me that they were implementing new stuff because they wanted to keep some teams, you know, now's the time. Now's the time to implement something new. Um, I, I had somebody today talk to me about their uh, the, the work that they had done in learning because um every you know they they had to implement new technology and and now they've seen this massive ROI on distributed learning on remote learning and they're going to lean into that as they as they come back and and it, it won't be 100% remote but it's going to be um very much in line with the hybrid stuff and so um those you know whoever sold them that learning technology um it's, 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 this was a big global corporation who told me that so mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really interesting.
0: Uh, It's going to be an incredible year. uh, And one, again, one like we've never had anticipated before, much like last year was, but uh, we're super excited here at the HR Happy Hour Podcast Network. Uh, Super excited to have George on board, Madeline on board, some new things coming as well. We're going to be talking about soon. Guys, uh, thanks so much for spending a little time today. Madeline, where can folks uh, learn more about you and what you're doing?
2: Go to aptituderesearch.com and we actually have three new reports publishing next week. So Lots, lots, lots of new research.
0: All right, George, you're everywhere, but w- give me one of your 17 places where we find you.
3: <laughs> well, I think the easiest thing here in this conversation is go to hrmarketwatch.com, and you'll you'll find me.
0: Awesome, George. Thanks so much. All right, Trish, Thank good you. stuff. We know where to find you, Trish. It's a uh, HR Isn't happy you're hour. Not gonna you're not going to ask
1: me. You where can find own? me on TikTok.
0: Yeah. <laughs> can I yes. owe you a TikTok. I told you <laughs> I was going to do it. I haven't done it yet.
1: And I have started making a few on the HR Happy Hour TikTok site, so they're great. More, more to come there, but yeah, I'm a TikTok fan. I can't help it.
0: I gotta, I gotta figure out how, how to use that. Okay, well, I'll be there. So, uh, <laughs> thanks to George, thanks to Madeline, thanks to our friends at Paychecks and Work Human for all their support. Trish, thanks to you. This has been fun. It's going to be a great year on the network. Make sure you subscribe, everything. Just search hrhappier.net. You get all the shows on one feed, right? So uh, make sure you do that for us as well. So, okay, for everyone, my name is Steve Bose. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you next time and bye for now.